Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Yeah, Lord God, we thank you that uh, we can sing hallelujah together. We can praise you for who you are and we we ask those questions in that song, who else would die for our redemption? Whose resurrection means I'll rise? And the answer is the Lord Jesus. And we don't just say that as um, a word that's easily said, but Lord means the anointed one, the, the one who is our master. And Lord, as we come to hear from your word today, Lord, may we surrender our wills to your masterhood of our life, of being the Lord, the one who we would willingly follow. Lord, prepare our hearts. Point us in the right direction. May what we hear connect with the rest of our week, not just in this moment, but the reality is that you make a difference. Today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the rest of the week, you want to pervade all parts of our life. Lord, may you reach into our lives today by your Spirit. Point us to where you want us to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please take a seat. Welcome to you all this morning. It's a real privilege to, to share the message with you today. Uh, my name is Craig Palmer and young adult and discipleship pastor here at Mounties. And uh, I'm following on in the series that we've been thinking about being thankful and just encourage us in that way. And we've had Dan kind of a couple of weeks ago talk about exploring the character of God and how he is worthy of our thankfulness. We've spent time um, singing about that this morning. Graham last week guiding us into taking stock of the beauty of the local and the global church that God has put together and how we're put together to enrich one another's lives, even despite our differences. You know, we had some uh, time for response last week. It's some beautiful stories out of people who gave and received prayer. And I encourage you uh, to keep building that culture of prayer for one another, sort of before, during, and after the services uh, as those opportunities arise. So we want to keep fostering that in the life of our church here. Now, the title for our message today is about an invitation, but also seems quite a challenging statement. It comes from the passage from a book of 1 Thessalonians, co-written by Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I don't know how you react to that statement, but the all in the give thanks in all circumstances seems quite an ambitious statement. You know, it's, all is fairly comprehensive. And uh, did they really mean it when they said that? Might be a question coming to you. Well, growing up, uh, I come from a, a country town. Well, actually, my family was a farming family. I come from a rural community about 100 k's east of Katanning, about 400 kilometres southeast of Perth. And... Uh, I would see the community that we fellowshiped with really wrestle with this idea on a, on a consistent basis. And each year we would have uh, what 
you see up on the screen there, is a, a Harvest Thanksgiving service. Some of you might remember that uh, kind of experience. And some beautiful decorations would come across the front of the church. And uh, it wasn't always during harvest because everyone got, hasn't got time to do that. You know, we're in the midst of harvest. Uh, but within that year, because 75% of people that were in a fellowship that we were with were directly reliant on the flow out of the weather conditions because of the farming communities. Uh, and the rest were kind of... They did jobs that came out of the farming industry as well. So whether it's sheep, you know, for their meat and their wool, through to the crops, the wheat, the barley, the oats, the lupins, the canola, there was great joy when we would have the first breaking rains so the crops uh, could be planted. Or there was great relief when uh, kind of the, there was too much rain and it stopped so we could get the sheep shorn. But we could also feel this tension building when there was too much rain or too much sun. So there was a lot of prayer amongst that community. You know, always reliant day by day, month by month, looking to kind of seek guidance and an attitude of reliance. Often individually, people felt a bit shaky, but as a group, trying to encourage one another to be thankful. It was something they had to fight for. And I saw it in people's kind of in a roller coaster of emotions. Guys were always talking about what the weather conditions are like. How is things going in your farm this week? No matter what our circumstances, even our natural personalities might struggle with that term, give thanks in all circumstances depending on what your upbringing is, the influences that have happened in your life. Now, I'm told that I'm probably an optimist, uh, sort of sit in that kind of category, and perhaps to be in the caring vocation like a pastoring job, um, that's probably helpful. Uh, but I came across this little quirky commentary on the whole glass half full, half empty kind of personality kind of tracker. So see where you might fit in this. Uh, so left to right. Uh, you are optimist, you know, the half full. Pessimist, half empty. A realist is like, it just is, it's a glass of water. Who cares whether it's half full or half empty? Physicist, I think we have a few amongst us. Uh, it's just a state of matter, gas or liquid. A surrealist, well, anything's possible. It defies the physical laws. A relativist, seeing both sides, you know, you're comparing all the time. A utopist, I don't know if that's an actual word, but dream of the best option. There's no limits. A scepticist, once again, don't know if it's a real word, but a skeptic, there's something fishy going. I'm not sure that's water. And the artist, very pragmatic. Let's get painting. You know, that's what it's for. Who cares about drinking water? All this to say, you know, we come at this be thankful in all circumstances very differently. Our starting point for considering being thankful can be very different. So it's something to empathise with one another rather than put someone else in, you know, you're too optimistic, you're not living in reality. Uh, you're too pessimistic, you know, you're depressing me. Well, this is kind of just an opportunity for a bit of pastoral awareness as you talk about this over lunch today. Um, just be gentle with one another. But uh, so give thanks in all circumstances. There's kind of two times... Uh, particularly when we struggle with a life of thankfulness. 
Firstly, when life is really great, we can become forgetful. Or when we're really disappointed or angry and we are reluctant to be thankful. Firstly, when life is really great or prosperous. You know, often that's the case for us in our Australian society. Compared with the rest of the world, we're in an affluent country. But we realise that in scenarios like in the last few years, COVID, rental prices, price pressures, world events, some of our perspectives are kind of changing on that sense of security in our affluence. Now, this affluence mindset uh, sort of spreads throughout the world. And even um, I was talking to Marcus Wong, uh, one of our young men here, and he just in the past few weeks went on a trip to Philippines as a videographer for Compassion. That's his work. It's a a Christian child sponsorship organisation, if you're unfamiliar with it. If you get a chance to talk with him, he's very excited about what happened there. And uh, it, God gave him a bigger picture of the kingdom of God. But he was talking with one young lady that he'd met who was going through this compassion sponsorship program. She'd come to faith. Uh, she'd made a significant way forward in being released from poverty. And he asked her, what is the biggest challenge that she is facing now? And her answer surprised him, and she said, pride. Pride that I've made it, that I can support myself without sponsors, remembering where I come from and staying grateful. That's the challenge before her. Yeah, most of us have been living in a relative affluence our whole life. We can be independent financially, And that can be one of the kind of anaesthetizing things for a lifestyle of thankfulness. We can find ourselves feeling entitled to a particular lifestyle and a standard of living as our right. And we lose perspective on the simplicity of our basic daily needs to survive. And we get drawn into playing the comparison game with others, don't we? That we can find what most people in the world consider a lavish and problem-free lifestyle and we become still not satisfied by it. So that can weirdly lead us into kind of a second common struggle. As I said, our expectations for life are not met. And we become disappointed or even angry, reluctant to be thankful. Yeah, we all carry these expectations about how life should go. And... um, You know, the question is, can the reality of life support our expectations? Are they realistic? We might even use kind of a phrase like, as long as I am happy, as long as my children are happy. But even in that simple request, when we sit back and we pause, we realise that those statements are full of very complex assumptions. What is your definition of happiness? What defines our rights for happiness? And who is responsible for it? If our happiness is the guiding principle of our life, then when difficult uh, circumstances arise, we find ourselves can be totally caught off guard. 
We don't have a paradigm or a theology of suffering. Now, there's a well-referenced biblical example about a theology of suffering. The whole book is dedicated to it. Does anyone know what that is? Job? Yeah. And if you've read the story of Job in Scripture, you'll see a story of a man who seems to have predecided his attitude when it comes to affluence or poverty. We read at the, at the beginning of the book, uh, Job was a man who was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters and then a whole host of sheep and camels and oxen and donkeys and servants. It says he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. But Job, when he was brought to his knees through losing his vast wealth and most dramatically his children, through some real dramatic events, he reflects on his devastation. He gets up, he tears his robe, shaves his head, yep, <laughs> he falls to the ground and says, naked I come from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. What a phenomenal statement. Could I say that? <laughs> now, it's a staggering perspective on thankfulness despite his circumstances. To make this one of his responses, he must have done a lot of preparation before God and with God in his heart. To be in the thick of tragedy, this is not some sort of fabricated triteness. And understandably, Job's wife, like probably most of us, wasn't so quick to offer worship to God. And in her grief and her exasperation, she says, why don't you just curse God and die? Job's understanding of how to live in the midst of suffering, it was very deep and profound, and his simple response to her was, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? So whether we're in a place of abundance or in distress in our circumstances, we can be tempted to have as our first kind of reaction to look at the circumstance and that encapsulates our mind. You know, it rises up like a monolith in our life. Bigger and bigger, that circumstance, the pressure of it. Now, I've been in that place many times myself. You know, all you can think is about that circumstance. It's, it's like no one else or nothing else exists. But not only will we look at the circumstance, we might actually go to look in on ourselves. We look into our reserves of resiliency. And so uh, when times are tough, or our pride that we are self-made people, needing no one, needing nothing else. But unfortunately, we find when we do that, that the well dries pretty quickly. It becomes hollow, and our reserves for resiliency finally get depleted. So as we return to the key verse that we're fe uh, featuring here in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it's good for us to step back and just look at the context of verses around it. And we read these words, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
it seems like more has been added here. <laughs> Not just give thanks in all circumstances. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Well, of course. But, hmm, what does that really mean? This is not just a preference of Paul's that he wants the church of Thessalonica to consider. But it's a lifestyle of constant intimacy with our Creator, rolling out into a constant rejoicing, prayer, and thanks. And this is God's will for you. It's one of the key purposes that he has, that he wants to bring about in us, this kind of lifestyle. Now, Paul and his colleagues believe that this will happen. It'll come to his followers in Christ Jesus. All the Father's hopes for us are accomplished in Christ. Now, that phrase, in Christ, is something that's used very often in the New Testament letters. And uh, the Father sent the Son to draw us to his purposes, to make the impossible possible. We sung about that this morning. To bring an effect on our lives that is always meant to be from the dawn of creation, but was tainted and broken down by sin and death. It is God's will that we rejoice always. It is God's will that we would pray continually. It is God's will that we would give thanks in all circumstances. But hear it clearly. Let it soak into your soul that is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We're going to have a chance to meditate a bit more on this later and celebrate communion with one another today as well. Just to bring kind of life to this idea, I had the privilege of chatting with um, this topic of thankfulness in all circumstances when one of the treasures of our Mounties community, Evelyn Ingram, and we recorded a conversation to enable you just to hear a few snippets of her experience. Now, Evelyn has kind of experienced many tragic and kind of trying circumstances in her life, and just one of those was the passing away of her husband. So please look to the screens to hear some of her story. The other time is grief, of course, when my husband died. Uh, it's a sad time. It's a very powerful emotion, grief. It's like it's been described as being kicked in the chest, chest by a horse, and that's exactly how it feels. It's sore. And when he died, the, I found the um, adjustment, the loss and the adjustment, because your whole life, changes. Very, very difficult. And I became withdrawn. I think um, there was a little bit of uh, depression and as well as the grief. But I cried out to the Lord at that time as gain. I would um, cry out to him and say about the loss. And one of the things that helped me was that I realised the Lord knew grief. He knew grief and just the knowledge that he understood what grief feels like actually comforted me. Sometimes I would pray out loud to him. Sometimes we would just, I would invite the Lord to come and sit with me and just sit companionably together knowing he was there, that his comfort was going to surround me. And so, you know, that what I learned about that was 
that my spiritual dependency. So in all the things that I, when I've had a, a strong emotion, I mean things like um, disappointment, betrayal, all of those strong emotions you can take to the Lord and he knew what they felt like and it always helped with the healing. So it was, I learned out of these times in my life, I learned that uh, about spiritual dependency, my life was very much dependent on, on that. More from Evelyn later, but you hear in her story that more than just looking at the circumstance or looking in on ourselves, she has a few more options to look at, you know, considering that she knows the creator of the universe. There's other options available to us, and the, the Bible leads us through experiences of others over history uh, to kind of explain those. And four I want to present to you today. And the first one, which was contained in Evelyn's story, was look up. You know, the first point flows out of what she was sharing, this place of loss in her life to look up. And we pick up on Psalm 77, and you might like to reference and look through that. I'm just going to have the highlights on the screen. But these words that the psalmist starts with, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out my untiring hands. You, know, you can just like wringing the hands. And I would not be comforted. I remember you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. Maybe you can relate to that psalm in your own experience. Too troubled to speak. But there's this cry out to God for help. God's help can be a starting point for our thankfulness. You know, from verse 5, we read on. I thought about the former days. You know, the, the writer's realistic about their frustrations. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. You know, things used to be different. I, I didn't feel so overwhelmed in the past. I was kind of happy then. Finishes, uh, keeps going. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? You know, the psalmist is willing to share the doubts, to ask the questions, the concerns, the frustrations in the midst of distress, crying out to God for help, to wrestle with God. And at the same time, it's there's kind of this uh, two things going on, an admission of feeling kind of separated from God in some way. You know, it's like the circumstance has come between the psalmist and God, but at the same time, being willing to tell God that's the reality of what they're feeling, to acknowledge his presence, to figuratively look up. Maybe that's step that you need to take today, just as Evelyn spoke of in her grief. She spoke of this perspective that began to change her and she recognised that God was with her in her grief. A thankfulness that her creator heard her and spoke into her life and gave her comfort and healing despite the circumstance. 
You know, Evelyn, in the rest of our discussion, she, she said that um, you know, her intimacy with Jesus from that day, it, it really grew in an extra depth after that time of grief. Finding new places of constant companionship where she could share fully what was on her heart. The second point is about looking back. As you read on in Psalm 77, you kind of get the sense from the writer that they're kind of not satisfied with this situation, these seeds of doubt, this sense of feeling lost. I can't see how it's all going to pan out now, but actually I've got history with God. I know something of what God has done before, something about his character, something about the things that he's done in this world. So we read from verse 10. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Just bringing that picture before him over and over. And the psalm finishes with kind of the reflection on the Red Sea uh, passing through in the Exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt. And goes this picture language, the waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not yet seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron, just bringing to mind the reality of God's faithfulness. How might we pause to remind ourselves of God's work in our life? I forgot to bring it up with me. I had it in my bag out the back. But I've got a journal. Some of you might do a journal. Who does a journal? Write something of their day. Yeah, it's a few of you. The power of a journal is that as you reflect on God's goodness in the moment, it can be really helpful when you're feeling like, I just can't see the wood for the trees. I don't know what's going on. I was going to read to you from one of my journals as I looked at a couple of years ago, just an encouragement of change that I'd seen in the life of people around me. Because sometimes you wonder, like, did we make any difference? (laughs) Did we interact in a way that was profitable? And it's just so helpful to see that recorded, that God was at work in those people's lives. I've also got an encouragement file that any encouragements I get as if they're written words and that kind of thing, I hold on to them. And if things are tough, occasionally we return to that file and like, okay, yeah, thanks God, I appreciate that. How might you look back in your life, call to mind God's goodness that transcends your present feelings? Look up, look back, Look forward. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And we want to live into God's will. It is his will 
a purpose that is situated not in ourselves but in Christ Jesus, then it has so many outworkings uh, potentially in our life as we live forward in knowing what that really means. To have a God-shaped life that he would do impossible things. Now, we can try all we like to be thankful, but the real way of discovering and enjoying all that God has for us is through Jesus. It's, it's a spiritual reality. It's not just a logical thought process. Our status in Jesus plays forward into a future life that um, I've got these words from Neil T. Neil, yeah, a list from Neil T. Anderson. And uh, if you like to, later there's a copy down the front here and the QR code that's on the screen will give you that reference to that list as well. But here's a few things about our future with God in Christ Jesus. I am accepted as God's child. I am a member of Christ's body. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. I am secure. I am free from condemnation. I am confident that God will complete the good work he started in me. I am significant. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. It is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Look up, look back in remembrance, look forward and finally look around. Jesus' words to those listening to his Sermon on the Mount were, look at the birds of the air. See how the flowers of the field grow. He's asking them to look at real life. Don't just imagine your head, but see the things that are around you. That's he would often tell stories to help people imagine their spiritual reality through things they already could see and understand. Jesus, in these words, he's saying, look how God watches over you because he cares for these birds of the air. He cares for the flowers of the field. There's a life lesson in creation for all to see. And of course, there are many more. There are everyday opportunities to give thanks as an active choice in response to God's goodness to us. And rather than uh, kind of me make extended comments on this myself, I wanted to have Evelyn kind of share with us again. And I believe like Evelyn sort of carries this spiritual gift of thankfulness. Um, you know, kind of this in the up, back, forward and around. And in the short time I spent with her, the thankfulness is kind of just pouring out of her. And we get to hear a little bit more of that as you uh, just hear from her as you look to the screens. Being outside also, the air we breathe. And when you, you know, you just got the right balance of gases and it's just so perfect for us, you know, to walk in it and work in it. And then you notice the rain, you know. What an amazing thing rain is, you know. It just falls from the sky and without the rain, we don't survive. 
nature doesn't survive, the animals don't survive, but rain occurs quite apart from anything we do. And it's the same with the sun, the warmth of the sun, you know, that happens every day. Uh, the sun warms and without it, we don't survive. Darkness, even darkness, and what happens to our bodies when darkness comes and the melatonin kicks in and we get sleepy and we go to sleep and the Lord uh, sends darkness so that our rest is deep. And then in the morning when you wake, light follows darkness. There's an order about that. And even when the light hits our optic nerve, we waken. And that's the Lord sent daylight for us to be active. And these things amaze me. You know, they just amaze me and they sort of prove to me that the Lord is real and he cares for us and he loves us. If you kind of meditate and you talk to him about these amazing things that fill you with awe and wonder when you really think about it, it's like he gives you extra and you go to other layers of whatever it is that you're thinking about, which may, I think I mentioned imagination, it may be that, but... I think that the Lord sort of even enhances or heightens whatever it is you're feeling um, and you end up with a feeling of euphoria at times mm, because of the layers that he gives, whatever it is, a mother and a baby dolphin, you know, it's just amazing. Uh, I lived with my grandma for a number of years, and she was um, she taught me the importance of being grateful and thankful. Just about it's true for me to say that just about every sentence she she uttered began with the words "I'm so thankful for," "I'm grateful for." It was grateful for her bed, grateful for the food that we ate, of course. Grateful if the chickens laid three eggs instead of two, you know, just those, and grateful for her new shoes, you know, it was always this thing of gratitude and thankfulness that she spoke about. And uh, she would say to me sometimes, it's very important for you to be thankful and grateful because it, you, you need to make that a habit of being grateful and thankful. And she'd say to me, you can't be sad and upset and be thankful and grateful. You're destined for a rich life if you cultivate the habit of being grateful and thankful. Yeah. No, and, and I grew up thinking her life spoke so much into my life as a teenage girl that I thought, when I grow up, I'm going to live my life like Nana. <laughs> <laughs> I think she succeeded. <laughs> You can hear me getting into it as well, listening to what she was saying. Um, but you hear in that you can't be sad and upset and thankful and grateful. You're destined for a rich life. And I trust, you know, as we go into just a finish up time and sharing communion together today, that you don't think, I'm going to go home and be more thankful. It's God's will. It's his resources in Christ Jesus to bring us to this place of rejoicing and prayer and thankfulness. As we come to the end of our time together, I wanted to give us a chance to practice what we've heard from Evelyn. 
They're kind of looking around in the everyday. And I've got some pictures of everyday items that hopefully, even though we practice this today, you might find them in your house during this week. Taking time to foster and let God bring you a spirit of thankfulness. A jug of water. A glass of water. The liquid of life sustains us, washes us, grows our food, keeps animals, our animals alive, creates beautiful vistas like the Canning and Swan Rivers just down the road here. Maybe just this week, contemplate a glass of water and see where God takes your imagination. Well, likewise, this frame. Put people that you know in your life in that frame. A loved one, a relationship, an excitement of relationship that could be. Who would you put there? How would that build up in your thankfulness about what that person means to you, what they have done in service to you? A comfy chair to sit in. Whether nursing a baby, a conversation with friends, watching the cricket, calling on the phone to a loved one, resting your legs from a hard day's work, maybe a snooze, reading the word, praying in your quiet times, sun rises. These are things to be thankful for. And we meet together around communion. And if you want to prepare your items to peel the, the top off, to relief, get the wafer and the juice. things to note from that list about being in Christ. In Christ, we are justified, declared righteous. We've been bought with a price and we belong to God. We're a member of Christ's body. We have been chosen by God, adopted as his child. We've been redeemed and forgiven all our sins. These are the things to contemplate as we eat our wafer and drink just in a short while's time. We are free from condemnation that is brought against us and nothing can separate us from the love of God. We've been established, anointed and sealed by God. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So as Paul wrote, and what he received from the Lord, he passed unto those that were listening. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. 
when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Please take the emblems in this moment of quietness, your heart. Let your thankfulness for Jesus and all he has done flood over you. Let him stir that heart of thankfulness. Let him speak to your mind, to your spirit. God, we thank you for the way that you transform this statement of rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, not in something that we strive for, but that it is your will for us in Christ Jesus. You will provide the resources. You will illuminate our imagination. You will call us forward into this as a reality. Lord, we welcome that in our lives. Lord, may you bring that from the inside out, that this may be more and more of the life that we live in you. Lord, cause us to look up to you, no matter what our circumstances, to look back in remembrance of what you've done in our life, to look forward to what we possess in being in Christ Jesus that we may see just in the everyday as we look around the reality of what it means to be thankful people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.